My name is John Beathan, your host for episode 62, titled Farewell Jet Lag with Christopher Babiode. The farewell system of jet lag elimination and prevention is a hybrid nutrition and fitness program for frequent flyers. It's a six-step self-administered program which teaches you step-by-step how to control all the factors that cause jet lag. We'll cover all of that today and so much more on the AlternativeHealthTools.com podcast, where together we discover and share new alternative health tools and resources from alternative healthcare practitioners and experts. Welcome, everybody, back to AlternativeHealthTools.com, the podcast. And today we have Christopher. Yeah, I'm going to butcher his name, but it's Babayadi. And I think he's in the UK. And Christopher, welcome. And how do you properly pronounce your last name? Thank you for the welcome, uh, John. It's uh, Babayode. 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 That's right. the one. Awesome. So... Uh, this has been an interview a long time coming because I got pretty excited when our mutual friend Natasha on a previous episode on um, alternative health tools explained to me that she was interested in getting one of the ultra streams from Alkaway because of um, your recommendation in terms of jet lag and what it could do for people in terms of helping with that. Yeah. You're also a flight attendant, right? I am indeed. I've been working for the UK's largest airline for the past 18 years on long and short haul. Uh-huh. I'm currently on long haul, so I do a trip a week um, and I have the commensurate days off afterwards. But mm-hmm. uh, having done it for 18 years, I still easily recognize the fact that it can be draining. And as I trained as a nutritional therapist as well, a naturopathic nutritional therapist, mm-hmm. that led me to looking for natural alternatives to jet lag besides the old pop the pill, um, melatonin is the cure-all, mm-hmm. that kind of uh, solution that most people were looking at at the time. Mm-hmm. Right. So how did, you, how did you trip onto what you're doing now? I mean, and I should say up front, you have a really nice website, nojetstress.com, jet lag cures from a flight attendant. Man, that would be you. So how did you, yeah, I mean, how did you, you started looking around and the melatonin you didn't want to do and you were having problems and how in the world did you get to where you are now? Well, in all honesty, um, when I started uh, within the airline industry, mm-hmm. the best information you could find was a small paragraph in the uniform wearer's guide that the airline put out. And it basically said three things, drink plenty of water, keep your mind active and make sure you turn up to work well rested. <laughs> now that was, <laughs> that was 20, 18, 20 years ago. Yeah. And things moved on a pace. Uh, as we know, we have a world that's full of uh, globalization and technology. Right. Therefore the tools that existed in around that time may have worked then when, for instance, the airline had a schedule where the longest trip was 21 days whereby you might stop off in Singapore, go down to Sydney and stay there for like a week and a half and Mm -hmm. then do the same thing on the way back and arrive back on day 21. To put it into perspective, we currently have the longest trip 
which is also still down to Sydney, mm -hmm. but you leave on day one, have two nights in Singapore or Bangkok, then fly down to Sydney, have one night, and you're back home by day nine. So mm -hmm. it really is taxing and exhausting. And the tools that existed way back then just weren't enough to cope with uh, this challenge. Right. So what I did is that I took my knowledge from the uh, naturopathic nutritional therapy philosophy and discipline that I understood from my training and applied it to myself and uh, quite a few of my colleagues. And the upshot of that is that I made some realizations. The first and most uh, important one is that jet lag is a lifestyle challenge requiring a lifestyle solution. It uh, flies in the face, if you pardon the pun, mm -hmm. of all those people who go out there thinking, I can just take melatonin and I'm done. Well, for one, as a lifetime flyer or a frequent flyer, you can't do that because you will inevitably end up at a time when you need to be at peak alertness, where you're feeling sleepy because melatonin has upset your hormonal patterns. Mm -hmm. So that was the type of challenge that existed for frequent flyers like myself. And what I did with the information I had and my experience was that I invented um, or a, a methodology called the farewell system. Mm. And it stands for protecting yourself from the environment of flying because it's harmful, understanding the principles and tools to hydrate yourself adequately, long-term and healthily, which is where hydrogen and the ultra stream came into it acclimatization, how to jump from continent to continent and understand how to acclimatize deftly and in time for the kind of life or the kind of trip that you have. Uh, understanding your rhythms, which comes into working with your biorhythms, which kind of is where melatonin tries to, to, to come in and be the solution for, but it's more than just melatonin and the body clock. There's that step. Then there's the environments that exist within your body, which is the most, the most empowering and powerful environment that you as a flyer can have in order to help yourself get over jet lag. Then there's the lack of understanding of the environment on board the plane. Because we take off um, from the ground, we automatically assume it's the same as when we're at altitude and it's not. And there are consequences for not understanding that and uh, basically adapting to that kind of environment. So that's the... Uh, fifth step and the sixth step is the crown jewels of everything it's what wellness tools in terms of exercise in terms of lifestyle activities in terms of the kind of things that you can do that support your well-being as a flyer hmm. so all in all the uh, p-h-a-r-e and well is the farewell system and this is what i teach my clients when they come to me as a nutritional therapist or they come to me as someone who's flying on a regular basis and doesn't know how to handle um, what flying takes out of you. Mm -hmm. And it becomes more important when you look at the fact that, yes, we are in a global economy. Travel is part of that economy. Technology is part of that economy. And both of these, uh, both of these items have a say in how we're living our lives now and the cost that it's burdening us with as regular people who live on the ground, but especially more so as people who fly from continent to continent and get on a plane about once a week. Hmm. There's a fair amount of people doing that, right? Definitely. And the numbers just seem to be going up and up. I think it was an Economist magazine article I read 
that uh, basically postulated that as long as there are middle class up and coming um, demographics of people emerging from the likes of China and India and the developing countries, there will always be more disposable income and therefore a thirst to travel and so and so on. And so it fuels um, the boom in the global aviation uh, uh, economy that we see at this current moment in time. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm on the website. And for those that, you know, I recommend people go to nojetstress.com and there's right a tab right there, farewell system. Um, but there's also a tab here basically in terms of corporations. Yeah. And there's some statistics here. Do you, do you work with corporations? I work with one or two. Um, uh-huh. At the moment, the idea is I, while I don't necessarily, I can't say I work with a corporation, mm-hmm. I work with flyers uh, mm. of corporations who have frequent travel as part of their job description. Mm-hmm. And even if they recognize that they have a corporate wellness program, they may not necessarily have a traveler wellness program that caters specifically to that segment of their workforce. So these people are less defend for themselves, and I work with them on a one-to-one basis, helping them adapt to the demands of the office when they're in the office mm-hmm. and the road mm-hmm. uh, when they're on the road. Yeah, because a lot of times they're expected to come back and just get right back to it. But, my gosh, that's, you know... I saw somebody the other day that yeah. had just come back from France and it was like, it took her two or three days to sort of uh, just be back to some resemblance of normal. Exactly. Yes, they are. And um, I think there was a beautiful survey done by, I think it's Air Plus who manage credit systems globally. Mm-hmm. And they had half of their workforce that literally went out to the field offices, mm-hmm. um, take part in a study whereby they measured alertness, you know, um, the ability to focus, mm-hmm. the amount of sleep lost. And they tagged them with items that could only be described as more advanced Fitbit personal health monitors before Fitbit became um, a household name mm-hmm. and item. And uh, they found these people who were on the road consistently wanting. They were getting less sleep. They were more irritable. They, you know, they were less productive. And the, the bottom line is when you see that happening within an organization and you send your best people, many times these best people are recruited at great expense to these corporations. You send your best people on the road to do business for you. You want them to return having done the deals, made the good impression, sorted out the prices, sorted out whatever it is that needs to be done. And they need to be at the top of their game to do that. Um, I think it was 2009, uh, Bloomberg News reported on a particular drug company that was trying to, the patent for the drug was running out Mm -hmm. and they didn't want to lose the income coming from that. So they tried to uh, seek uh, permission from the FDA Mm -hmm. to allow that drug to be used as a cure for jet lag because it helps them maintain their attention. Well, needless to say, Drug companies wouldn't do that or make that kind of shift unless they saw the financial benefit of it. Mm-hmm. But the FDA did not agree that the, the drug lived up to that claim anyway. So the bottom line is, I think Bloomberg, that Bloomberg report happened to say that around, I think it was almost 60 billion was lost in productivity 
in that year alone. So that's the kind of the scale of the problem when you talk about corporations. Mm -hmm. But if you move slightly away from corporations, you've got the toll that it's taking on the individual. And that's something that I see very much every day of my uh, working life for an airline because I work with colleagues who have the same challenges that these people do. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's very sobering to see and being able to be part of the solution is something that's quite um, gratifying as well. Yeah, I can see that. Well, and talking about the farewell system, um, one thing I became aware of is, and I never really thought about it, but is when you're flying, you're exposed to more radiation than you normally would be, right? Is that right? Correct, yes. It's, um, it can be looked at many ways. Basically, the closer you are to sea level, Mm-hmm. then the more protection you have from the Earth's atmosphere mm-hmm. and the closer you are to uh, the, you know, the stratosphere or the ionosphere or whichever closer to the sun, then you have less of a protection because the barometric pressure shifts as you ascend. Um, so you're in a metal tube that is not grounded and you have cosmic radiation coming in Mm-hmm. everywhere on the aircraft mm-hmm. and you're subject to that mm-hmm. now to compound me- to, to compound things for frequent flyers the challenge is if you're going back and forth from continent to continent and you're losing sleep mm-hmm. your melatonin the hormone that regulates many of the body's uh, patterns and cycles is disrupted now while melatonin is known to be you know, this sleep hormone, it's actually a very powerful super antioxidant. So some experts draw a correlation between the fact that if you don't have this super antioxidant in your body working for you mm-hmm. and you're flying, there is a relationship to be had with cancer, all other things being equal. Mm-hmm. So for instance, I think uh, one of the groundbreaking studies was with Norwegian pilots where um, they found that they had um, more than the mean distribution of prostate cancer, skin cancers, and breast cancers. So mm-hmm. there's a lot to be said for the fact that, yes, we need to be cognizant of the fact that we're, we're exposed to cosmic radiation. But even if you then leave the fact that you're exposed to more when you fly, mm-hmm. think about walking through an airport. Mm-hmm. You get, you know, you go to, to check in and you have to go through the TSA screenings. Mm-hmm. And there was a time when the equipment being used for that wasn't the best available. I'm glad to say that the U.S. Senate passed um, a bill that basically stopped a particular type of machine that screened you from being used. But at the time, that machine was actually adding to the burden of radiation that mm-hmm. you were exposed to. And it's documented because the American Pilots Association wrote a letter. It's freely available on the American Pilots Association website right now, where they asked the TSA to exempt pilots and crew because they have occupational exposure to radiation. So take that and then even extend it even further. We use mobile phones. There are mast towers, smart meters. All these things are increasing the burden of radiation that we as people are exposed to. And that's where, you know, things like hydrogen come in to be very powerful because they can be negative electron donors that help us deal with this burden of toxicity. Mm 
But yes, um, radiation is a real threat. Um, it's not a threat that means we shouldn't travel anymore, but we need to be cautious and take steps accordingly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you also talk about um, acclimatizing. Yeah, you're also actually talking about hydration as well. I, what do you know about the hydrogen? I mean, as you know, I, you know I'm just ecstatic about it in terms of what it's, what it's doing for people. But um, not only in just in water ionizers and stuff, but also in the supplement. But what, what have you found out about the hydrogen itself? Well, one of the most interesting facts uh, during my research um, for my book um, was the, uh, the, the, uh, the knowledge that I found digging around the uh, NASA website. Mm-hmm. And they had these modules whereby they basically tried to figure out how they would get human beings from Earth to Mars on a manned mission. Mm-hmm. And one of the challenges they had were the cosmic radiation stores that are in outer space beyond the Earth's atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And what they discovered at the time was that they could build a bunker, but to a certain extent, the astronauts were still susceptible. Mm-hmm. So they realized that hydrogen, which is, after all, first in the periodic table mm-hmm. and the most abundant element in the universe... is a natural ally because a hydrogen polymer built into the space station does actually prevent alpha radiation particles from penetrating the space shuttle. And I believe they are currently still doing um, research and experiments on that. But at the moment, they use a hydrogen polymer to actually shield part of the... uh, the, the build of the current uh, um, modules they send up into space. So that tells us that hydrogen is protective. Yes. Um, and that's where its value lies for us on multiple levels in the simple idea that you drink a lot of water or adequate water for you. You have some kind of protection because, as we know, water is two parts hydrogen and a part oxygen. Mm-hmm. You know, you can even look at uh, what is now being termed the fourth state of water. Are you familiar with, um, I think it's Gerard Pollack from the University of Washington? Yes. Yeah, he he elucidates that the fourth state of water is easy water, Mm -hmm. which is kind of like a gel-like, and he describes its uh, chemical um, non-climature as H3O2. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. again, more condensed hydrogen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you want to look at the, the basic idea of what an antioxidant is, it's this idea that it has a positive or a negative charge, depending on what um, element it's tied to. Mm-hmm. The idea that we can flood the body with negatively charged electrons, and these can actually mop up all the, uh, the toxicity and are health-giving and give us that quality of energy through the fact that they interact with positively charging um, elements of our body and create a battery. Mm-hmm. All this plays into us having enough energy, having the ability to detoxify at a deeper level, mm-hmm. all from the simple hydrogen molecule. And this is really powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I know it's uh, the whole everything that's going on with research and stuff in hydrogen. It's like, yeah, I didn't know they're using on uh, space shuttles to as a protective measure. That's really awesome. 
there's a whole lot you do for people I can see. So how, how do you had mentioned a book, but I'm not seeing it on your website. Am I missing something? Uh, the, the, the book has its own website and oh. it's called farewelljetlag.com. Oh, okay. And it basically has uh, an introduction yeah. and a synopsis. And the book is available on uh, Amazon.co.uk and Amazon.com. Okay. It's available in paperback as well as an electronic download. Mm -hmm. Um, But basically, it's a book of two halves. The first half is a description of how we got to where we are. Mm -hmm. The the dual effects of globalization and technology on the frequent flyer Mm -hmm. and what they do and the kind of challenges that frequent flying poses to people, and for the infrequent flyer too, for anyone who basically suffers from jet lag. Yeah. Um, the second half of the book is basically about the farewell six-step system and a way to implement it or get to implementing key aspects of it so that you can actually bring a remedy that you're quite comfortable with and that you can use um, you know, as often or as little as you travel. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I want to find out more about this. I know a lot of people that travel, and it would just be, well, you should be sticking in their back pocket, Christmas is coming, I don't know. <laughs> or in their iPad or laptop, for that matter. But yeah, yeah I mean, it's like, um, it, whereas the uh, I'm coming from that point of flyers and flyer health, Yes, my girlfriend's always pointing out to me the fact is a lot of these uh, tools and lessons are very valuable even to those people who don't fly because we still live in a global economy we are still bombarded with radiation whether it's wi-fi masks and all those other nasties that i've mentioned we all have you know toxins in our environment whether chemical electromagnetic Mm -hmm. so you know there are lessons in there and tools in there for people who don't even fly but also want to look after themselves in the information age that we find ourselves living in. Yeah. Well, plus stress. I mean, the name of your site is no jet stress. It's no stress period. (laughs) I mean, I I hear what you're saying, but wow. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So what do you, uh, you know, there's a section here you're talking about in terms of rhythms and what do you find to be most useful for people in rhythms? I've heard people say you shouldn't sleep, you know, a uh, day before you come back and just all sorts of things like that. But really, you're a proponent of really health and in, in, in terms of using the right tools. Um, yeah. Well, well, that's a key, uh, a key distinction you make there, using the right tools. And I say that because if you fly once a year on your annual vacation, mm-hmm. then pretty much any tool that can get you over the, uh, the slump that you experience will do. Mm-hmm. But if you're a frequent flyer and you land in a location and you have to get up and go and do that same trip like five or six times a month, yeah. the same kind of tool that an infrequent flyer uses is not going to cut it for you. Right. So, for instance, um, I referenced the Argonne Institute diet, which is touted to be the diet recommended by the U.S. Uh, uh, Department of uh, State mm-hmm. for its diplomats. And basically, it's, uh, it's built on the science of chronobiology, which is the study of rhythms in biological systems, which includes human beings. And the, the whole idea is that we have certain aspects of our life that are governed by 
a body clock, and they are in different types of cycles. So the one we're most familiar with is the 24-hour cycle, which is what we call a day. But there are smaller, and I think there are even larger cycles than those ones that exist. So the reason I didn't use the acronym sort of like body clock is because that would only describe certain types, whereas there are others that are more influential or less influential. So that's why I use the word rhythms, because that's what's important to know. Mm -hmm. That's why it's rhythms in the farewell system for the R and and, and nothing else. Mm -hmm. So the whole idea is, if you are a frequent flyer, you need to decide how you want your trip to go. What's your itinerary like? Um, If you can afford just to get somewhere and crash, and that's what your body needs, then you should do that. But if you can't afford to do that, then there are certain hacks that you can use. Mm -hmm. For instance, um, there is a small window where you can actually reset your body clock. Uh, If you arrive into a destination and you can wake up as the sun rises in there, you can stand in the sun Mm -hmm. for that period. It's kind of, it's this magical reset that was found by the Edinburgh um, School of Sleep. Mm -hmm. And it's known that in every 24 hours, there is that time where you can get up and you can actually use that early morning sunrise to reset your body clock. Another thing that's very useful to do is to ground yourself. And I use this tool all the time. Uh, I think it's uh, Clint Ober um, and the Earthing Institute were um, key in bringing this uh, kind of technology to us. Mm -hmm. But the Earthing is... uh, one of, the, one of the other secrets that um, I use on a regular basis, and it's the simple idea of going out and grounding yourself and putting your feet on the earth mm. and connecting that with the energy system of the body, which might sound you know, far-fetched to some people, but we have meridians and acupuncture points going through the body that are very real. And if you're quiet yeah. <laughs> I, might say, I don't know if that's all right. if you're quiet <laughs> you can actually sometimes feel kidney one the bubbling spring which literally is an import for energy into the body now i use the ground an earthing or a great body of natural water a lake or an ocean mm-hmm. or a, uh, or even if you go outside just after the rain the after the rainfall the air is profuse with negative ions you breathe those in if you don't have those kind of tools you can buy a grounding sheet or a grounding mat or a grounding pad that you can plug into the negative of the the building you're in and it'll pick up that and it will send it through the the uh, silver uh, threaded wire uh, rods that exist in the grounding sheet and as long as you're connected to that you're getting the benefit of negative electrons yeah which again is the same thing we're doing with hydrogen, but in a less direct manner, I guess. So, you know, these things are key in in helping people acclimatize, uh, and you can use them as often as little as you like, depending on the kind of uh, travel itinerary that you're adjusting to or the demands of the trip that you're taking. Awesome. Well, you were talking about grounding, and I'm you know, reminding people that we're in Southern California, so grounding is very familiar here. It's what people okay. do. I mean, people, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm 10 minutes away from the ocean. I just recently moved to a new place, and I could have walked to the ocean before. But grounding principles, people use them a lot. And then the other yeah. day, we got rain, which was unusual for, well, we just got a lot of rain. 
I, being from Oregon, have no problem walking in the rain. And I actually (laughs) waited for the rain to stop, and then I went for a walk. And what you just described in terms of the air and everything, thats it was wonderful. You know, it was just absolutely wonderful in terms of grounding. Because, as you know, we all walk way too much on rubber-soled shoes and cars with rubber tires. And we insulate ourselves so much from the earth. So everything you just said made total sense. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and it's a, it really is a challenge because basically what we do in that insulated environment is we build up a charge. Hmm. And that charge is exacerbated when you're on an aircraft because people might not know this, but aircraft are not grounded because if they were struck by lightning, then all the instruments would be out and you wouldn't be able to, the pilots wouldn't be able to use them. So aircraft are not grounded. So you're mm-hmm. in a tube. Mm-hmm. in an atmosphere and there's lots more pressure and there's lots more positive ions and we pick up that charge uh, you know so for instance if you scrape your feet and then touch a piece of metal um, mm-hmm. uh, you sometimes see the static flying that's you discharging the positive ions the opposite of what you really want in that environment because it builds up and it builds up and it builds up and rubber soled shoes are you know, part of that problem as well, as much as the denatured food we eat and um, the technology we use and the, the homes we live in. Yeah. Yeah. No, awesome. Well, you know, um, I actually don't want to, I don't want to wind this up, but I, I, at this point, I really want to thank Natasha. So this was episode 38. We did this, the show with her in January of 2016 at the beginning of the year. And obviously you're comrades in this and how how did you get to know her and how do you work together if you do so um natasha was introduced to me by uh, a mutual friend Mm -hmm. and uh, we formed the uh, global wellness travelers associates and the idea is that i help people with jet lag and healthy flying Mm-hmm. Natasha has her own thing, which I'm sure she must have spoken about, which Absolutely. is beautifully encompassed in the word Nuri. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jane, our mutual friend, works with the mechanics of the body and exercise specifically for people who are on the road often. And as a unit, we work with people, with organizations to help them bring the benefits of those so that it has a telling effect on the bottom line of the person or the corporation they work with in order to enable them to uh, travel with, without the hassles and the, uh, the, the wear and tear that are normally uh, associated with uh, road warriors, frequent flyers and jet lag people. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm actually on the website right now. And just for those people listening, and this will all be in our show notes, but that website is um, gbtwa.com. And so, yeah, it's awesome. So I see Jane's uh, McAllister's uh, Mile High Healthy. And uh, yeah. yeah. And there's Christopher's information. Yeah, this is a wealth of knowledge in terms of the website itself. No, that's awesome what you guys are doing. I, I want to, you know, further whatever it is you're doing, you know, let as many people know as possible. A lot of people travel, right? I mean, we're getting ready to enter Thanksgiving weekend, and there's already people that have taken off. It's Wednesday. Obviously, they want to be there in time for Thanksgiving. So there's a lot of people leaving today. I'm sure the airports are really, really full. Yeah, apparently this is on record to be one of the uh, the largest shifts of people on Thanksgiving since 2009 or seven. apparently. 
Is there any uh, speculation about why that is? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> Just the top line figure. I don't know. No, yeah. but it was, yeah, I've seen it reported twice. So. Yeah. That's interesting. Maybe it has to do with the election here in the States. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's like, this might be the last time I see my family, or I don't know. <laughs> That's pure hallucination. Do not listen to the man behind that microphone. <laughs> awesome. I know it's late there. I want to respect your time. and But I always like to find out sort of like um, a health tip, something, just one thing that somebody could do or needs to know that would really make a difference in their life in terms of their health and well-being, whether it's physical mental, spiritual, whatever. What what would you tell people? If if I came to you and said, Christopher, I can only retain one thing, but I'm going to apply it well, what would it be? Okay. Get educated about the things that matter most to you. Awesome. Now, does that sound too abstract? No. Too general? <laughs> okay. No. So the fr- first, yeah. yeah, the first thing is to is to really feel in or discover what it is that really matters to you and then educate yourself on it. Right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Awesome. So going along those lines outside of anything we've talked about, do you have any personal passions that uh, you, you have that you'd like to share? Well, I uh, have a bias towards the, um, the kind of knowledge that's coming out of the Orient. Mm. And I say that simply because um, my my uh, my heritage is actually from Nigeria, mm. and Nigeria shares uh, a funny, interesting quirk with uh, the People's Republic of China, which is that their Independence Day is the first of October, and so was Nigeria's. Wow. Um, and you know, when I found that fact out at the time, the the wall was pretty much up, you know, mm-hmm. we didn't know much about China and, and, and what it held. And, but now that the wall's down, the quality of the, um, the natural medicine tradition that has existed in there and has been used for, you know, over a period of 5,000 years and which science uh, in the West is now um, rediscovering and verifying uh, extends a lot of hope in terms of energetics of medicine, in terms of ethnobotany, in terms of, you know, the mechanics. And I, I'm pretty excited about the quality. If you find, you know, right practitioners and people who are well-versed, it's not always easy to come by. But I'm really taken by uh, the quality of um, the intelligence and the knowledge that comes out relating to that area and mm-hmm. funnily enough because i do come to la um uh, when i'm working i tend to make my way to jing herbs or dragon herbs and these are people who are immersed in that kind of field and the quality of the elixirs and the products that these guys produce i found to be the best of anything else i've ever tried that's been out there so you know i yeah uh, if you can get some really good Chinese herbs, have a basic understanding. They're not necessarily all expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, they're easily within reach, and they are quite powerful to help you live a more invigorated and healthy life. There was a period of time when I lived in Santa Fe, New Mexico, probably around 
I'm going to say 1994, 95, where I started getting involved in Chinese herbs, you know, the pots boiling, right. all of it. Right. It, it was the <laughs> absolutely, well, here's the thing. It was the absolute nastiest stuff I'd ever drank. <laughs> However, it was, I felt really good. And then I became aware that, you know, in our culture, it's got to taste good. And in these other cultures, it's got to feel good. <laughs> right that's a beautiful distinction yeah. yeah 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 so i i sort of from that point forward i thought i don't really care how it tastes i, I just want to feel it see how it feels and if it makes a difference so yeah i yeah. i hear you with the chinese herbs i love them actually learn to love them yeah it's awesome good so typically how do people get in touch with you what's the best way uh through the websites i'm on okay. uh Facebook uh, yep. at facebook.com slash no jet stress. Um, I'm on Twitter and my handle is at no jet stress. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. My professional profile is on LinkedIn mm-hmm. or, you know, emails also good. Okay. Any of these avenues. Um, I'm about on social. I've, I, I blog for e-zine articles in the business travel section. Awesome. Um, I also run a blog from my website. So there's all those ways of coming in contact with uh, my material, my opinions that are, that are my own. Yeah. Um, nice. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm always open to offering people pointers in the right direction. Yeah. Do you, have you ever done any kind of uh, formal um, like coursework or anything? No, that's in the pipeline, but that's, that hasn't happened yet. That well, happened I, yet. I would like to talk to you about it because um, in conjunction with Dios Health, which is right. an um, umbrella for a lot of different things we're doing now, um, we're basically spinning, out, spinning off a webinar coaching program that allows people like yourself and other people on the Alternative Health Tools podcast, practitioners that really have a program that they'd like to you know, um, help people with and do a webinar and actually get paid for. Because part of what I'm trying to do is put more money in those people's pockets because they certainly deserve it, you know. Sure, sure. Well, in in terms of a one-on-one coaching thing I do, and the whole idea is to give an idea of where I'm at with that kind of uh, setup, Mm -hmm. is that the idea is that there are three fundamentals that people have to understand in order to partake in the six steps and use them successfully. Mm -hmm. That's the foundation. Then come the six steps. And after the six steps, it's about putting a tool package together for the individual, Mm -hmm. which will have elements in common because everyone's using the six steps, but the emphasis might be different for different people Mm -hmm. because people have different health uh, abilities. So the fund, you know, the fundamentals and the basics that's locked out and that's in place that I, you know, I, yeah. If, if you had something set up for a program, I could easily slot that into it now. In terms of one-to-many teaching, mm. I would have to go and do other tools and so on and so forth, which are in the pipeline. Yes. Awesome. Great. Well, good. I'll reach out to you at a later date. So I just want to remind everybody to um, – Right. Yeah, trip by alternativehealthtools.com, the podcast. Um, can't tell you what episode number this will be yet. Um, and also, if you wanted to visit Natasha's episode, and she's got a book there too, um, you can actually get the pocket guide for traveling. Um, that's episode um, 38. So it's titled Travel Healthy, A Road Warrior's Guide to Eating Healthy. So yeah, you guys work together, and I'm going to make sure everybody in the show notes 
has full contact information with you, Christopher. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it's, it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me on the show. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, yes, uh, let's uh, let's work together. Let's do something and spread the word because yeah. knows we all need it. Yeah, we do. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Thank you very much, Joe.